I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Uh, John chapter 1 is where we'll be studying from this morning. John chapter 1. And uh, we also have some uh, sermon notes in the uh, worship folder that will help you follow along with the message this morning. But uh, today we're going to be in John chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1. While you're, while you're getting there, um, this morning we are beginning our Christmas sermon series uh, entitled Emmanuel, God with us. And our theme verse for this series, we'll put it up on the wall, Matthew chapter 1. Verse 23 from the New King James Version says this, uh, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they died his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Think about it like this. Um, in 1964, in uh, New York, there was a 28-year-old woman uh, by the name of Catherine Genovese uh, who was walking home to her apartment. And as she was walking home, uh, she got assaulted uh, by someone. And so she begins to cry out, help me. Help me, I'm being stabbed, help me. Um, lights came on from the uh, apartments above where she was walking. And uh, the person that was stabbing uh, Catherine Genovese, uh, when he saw the lights come on, he, uh, he went to hide. And so, there was this woman, she's being stabbed, she's crying out, help me, help me. Lights came on, but nobody came down to help her. A few minutes later, uh, the man came back and uh, he killed Catherine uh, Genovese. She cried out for help. The lights came on, but nobody came down to help. Humanity cried out to God for help. And God didn't just turn the lights on. God came down to help us. That is Emmanuel. God with us. And over the next few Sundays, uh, we're going to unpack th this, this idea, Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to talk about the implications uh, for our lives. Now, we're, we're starting out in, in John's gospel. Uh, John's gospel is, is different from the, from the other gospels. Uh, Mark, the gospel of Mark, actually begins with Jesus' public ministry. Uh, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke uh, describe uh, the, the birth of Jesus. 
Uh, John, on the other hand, uh, he, uh, he, he doesn't describe the events of Jesus' birth. Rather, uh, the, the gospel of John is concerned with the meaning of Jesus' birth. And so as we read uh, John chapter 1 in just a few moments, um, you're, you're not going to find um, familiar scenes from the Christmas story. In John's gospel, we don't have the little town of Bethlehem. We don't have the manger where baby Jesus lay. We don't have the shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. We don't have the three wise men um, following the star. Instead, in John's gospel, uh, we see words like logos or the word. We, we see words like light, life, lamb. And there's a lot going on in this first chapter of John's gospel, but in a nutshell... What, what John is saying is that God came down. Emmanuel, God with us. God came down to help us. God came down to bring light to a dark world. God came down to bring life to the dead. God came down to take away our sins. So with that in mind, let's read through uh, the, the, some verses from John chapter 1. If you will stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then we're going to skip over to verse number 9. Look at verse number 9. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor, or, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You may be seated. So, as we, as we look at John's gospel this morning, there's a choice that must be made. There's a choice that must be made. And look, we, we make choices all the time. All right, maybe this past Thursday, you were thinking... Inch TV. Maybe the choice in front of you is, should I go to Walmart and get that 75-inch TV or stick with the one I have? All right. Or, or maybe today the, the choice in front of you is, 
should I eat fried chicken or baked chicken? I should probably eat baked chicken after eating all the food for Thanksgiving, all right? We, ha we have choices to make all the time, but today we're talking about the most important choice of all. What are we going to do with Jesus? And the reason this choice is so important is because it has eternal implications. All right, so that's what we're thinking about today. The choice in front of us. What are we going to do with Jesus? The most important choice that we ever make. All right, so there's three things we're going to talk about today. All right, the whole time we want to think about this choice that we have to make about Jesus. All right, three things we're going to talk about this morning. Here's point number one. All right, Emmanuel revealed. All right, point number one, Emmanuel revealed. All right, Emmanuel revealed. Make sure you have that. Uh, you know, couples today, uh, when they're, they're getting ready to have a baby, they, they, you know, uh, couples are doing these gender reveals. We'll put some images up on the wall. Um, you know, have a box, they release the box, and if it's, you know, pink balloons, it's a girl. If it's blue balloons, it's a boy. Uh, here's another one. Uh, my cousin actually did something like this for her gender reveal. The, the, the pregnant mom pitches the baseball, and the husband hits the baseball, and obviously they're, they're having a boy, all right, because when the ball busted, it was blue dust, so they're having a boy. All right, let's look at uh, a couple of other ones. I don't know how well you can see uh, this picture, but uh, this guy, the gender reveal was in a, a cake, and uh, there's a uh, strawberry middle, all right, and then there's also a blue section, which meant this dude was having twins, all right, a boy and a girl, all right, and you can see uh, the look on his face, not expecting twins, all right, and there's all kind of ways people do gender reveals now, here's Here's one. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, they deliver pizza, and it's uh, spelled out with the pepperoni, the gender reveal, boy. All right? If I had my choice, I'd probably do something like that. I'd probably get outvoted. Here's another one. Um, gender reveal. They, they brought in their pets. It's a girl, and then the, uh, the other dog. Don't even think about putting a saddle on me. All right, do we have another one, or is that the last one, all right? And I also read th about this one. This, this was kind of a gender reveal fail. Um, uh, the wife, uh, she took cupcakes uh, to her husband's fire station. He was a fireman, and she had set it up with all the other uh, firemen. They were going to do the gender reveal. Uh, she was going to have uh, blue, uh, some kind of blue cream in the middle because they were having a boy. And she brought cups, cupcakes for all the firemen. She gave one to her husband. She was expecting him, you know, to bite it, see the blue. They were going to have a boy. Well, he ate the, um, the cupcake just at whole, all right? So, you know, he just put the whole thing in his mouth, and he, he missed it, all right? So, uh, so anyway, uh, here, here's my point. Uh, in, in John's gospel, uh, here in the opening chapter, we see Jesus revealed, all right? Jesus is revealed. And um, in your notes, uh, we've got an A, B, and C here. 
All right, uh, write this one down, A. Uh, Emmanuel revealed as the Lagos. All right, Emmanuel revealed as the Lagos. Uh, look at the first three verses in John's Gospel. And uh, I want to encourage you, every time you see the phrase, the word, I want you to underline it or circle it in your Bibles. Look at this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. All right. Uh, the phrase, the Word, in the Greek, it's logos. All right. And uh, that is... Um, that that phrase that word lagos, um, it's a deep Bible concept, and uh, our uh, speaker at the youth evangelism conference this past week reminded us uh, that as Christians we shouldn't be afraid of big Bible concepts. Right? We should tackle them head on, and so that's what we're going to do with with this word lagos this morning. We're going to tackle it head on. All right, this word. It meant a lot to both the Jews and the Greeks. All right, let's start with the Jews first, all right? When, when the Jews saw this word, logos, or word, they immediately thought about the word of God. All right, and this goes back to the very beginning of the Bible. If, if we were to, and I don't want you to do this, but if we were to turn back to Genesis chapter 1, one of the phrases that we would see over and over again in Genesis chapter 1, God said, God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. All right? And what John is saying is that the Word of God, that's Jesus. Adrian Rogers perhaps summed it up best. Uh, the baby in the manger is the mighty God in Genesis. All right. When Jews, when when they when they thought about this 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 word lagos, again they're thinking about the word of God, and throughout the Old Testament, the word of God revealed that that God had a had a plan to to bring salvation to humanity. All right, the Word of God in the Old Testament revealed that, uh, that, that God had a plan to, for, for people to be saved from their sins. And what John is saying here with, with this word logos, he's saying that, hey, everything in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When, when John uses this word logos, he's saying, hey, everything in the Old Testament points us to Jesus, all right? Now, th this word logos was also important to the Greeks, all right? When, when the Greeks thought about logos, they, they thought about the, the force behind the universe, all right? The force behind the universe. The Greeks also saw the, saw the logos as the divine reason that brought order to a chaotic world. And, and John is telling Greeks, with, with this phrase, logos, he's saying, hey, that force behind the universe, that, 
that divine reason that, that brings order to a chaotic world. All right, the Lagos has a name, and his name is Jesus. All right? So, when we see this, when we're say Emmanuel revealed as the Lagos, all right, really what it's saying is this. Everything in the Old Testament point, everything in the history of the world up until this point points us to Jesus. All right, he is the fulfillment of God's plan to bring salvation to humanity. All right, let's move on. Look at B. Emmanuel revealed as the light. All right, Emmanuel revealed as the light. All right, make sure you have that. Emmanuel revealed as the light. Uh, look at verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And if you skip down to verse number 9, uh, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, the darkness represents sin. It represents evil. All right, and, and our world is filled with darkness. Our world is filled with, with sin and darkness. All right, but there is a light, and that light is Jesus. Uh, there's a sad story from uh, World War II in uh, the North Atlantic. Um, there was an aircraft carrier um, that was in danger from enemy submarines. And so uh, just before dark, uh, the captain sent out his five best pilots to try to find the submarine. Well, it got dark, and uh, the pilots had not found the, the submarines. Uh, the carrier had not heard from the pilots, and the captain realized that it, it's night, he realized that the, the, the carrier was in grave danger, and so he ordered a, a total blackout. Well, a little while later, they finally heard from the pilots. One of the pilots radioed the aircraft carrier, um, turn on the lights so we can find our way back. The radio handler came on the radio and said, I'm sorry, I can't turn on the lights. The captain has ordered a total blackout. A few minutes later, another pilot came on and said, hey, can you turn on some lights so we can find our way home? And again, the radio handler said, I'm sorry, the captain has ordered a total blackout. Finally, one of the pilots came on in desperation and said, can you turn on one light? If you can turn on one light, we can find our way home. We can find our way back to the aircraft carrier. The radio handler came on again. and said, the captain's ordered a total blackout. We, we can't turn on even one light. And so those five 
American pilots went down in the blackness of the chilly waters off the North Atlantic. Now, my point of that story is this. You know, just like those pilots, we, we are in a desperate condition because of our sin. We, we are in a desperate condition because of the darkness in this world. And thankfully with God, we have a light that will point the way home. The Bible says in, in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the light. Um, if you look at uh, verse number 4, look at this. Uh, in Him was life. And, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. You might want to underline that word comprehend. Uh, perhaps a better translation would be uh, overcome or, or overpower. And, and what that verse is saying is the darkness of sin cannot overpower the light of Christ. The, the darkness of evil cannot overwhelm the light of Jesus Christ. The light always overcomes the darkness. And then in verse 4, it, it talks about how as the light, uh, Jesus brought life to the world. Uh, Ephesians 2.1, we'll put this verse up on the walls. Ephesians 2.1, from the New King James, look at what it says. And He, Jesus, and you, He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. You see, the Bible teaches that we were dead in darkness. We were dead in our sins. And Jesus, as the light, he came so that we could have life. All right, so Jesus, Emmanuel, here in John, he's revealed as the Logos. All right? Everything in the Old Testament, everything in world history up to this point, points to Jesus, the fulfillment of God's plan to save us. Jesus is revealed as the light. He brings life to the dead. And then see, look at one more, Jesus, Emmanuel is revealed as the lamb. Emmanuel is revealed as the lamb. All right, uh, Flip over to, to John one twenty nine. Flip over toward the end of the chapter, uh, John one twenty nine. All right, John one twenty nine. Look at this. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in your Bibles you might want to underline that phrase, the Lamb of God. Jesus is revealed as the Lamb. That, that phrase, uh, Lamb of God, is uh, referring to Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Um, John's Gospel reminds us that the Advent is not just about a manger, the Advent is also about the cross. Alright, so. Emmanuel revealed, that's point number one. He's revealed as the Logos. Everything in the Bible points us to Jesus. Everything in world history up to this point points us 
to Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan to save humanity. All right, Jesus, Jesus is revealed as the light that shines in a dark world to bring life to the dead. And then Jesus is revealed as the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And, and, I, and I want you to get this, that, that Jesus revealed as the Lagos, the light, the Lamb, it demands a response. A choice must be made. All right, that's what we're talking about this morning. A choice must be made. What are we going to do with Jesus? Let's move on. Look at point number two. Look at point number two. Jesus receives. All right, look at point number two. Jesus receives. Uh, go back and look at uh, verse 10. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 10. Again, point number two. Jesus received. Look at verse uh, number 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But then look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. In verse number 12, you might want to underline or circle that word receive. Underline or circle that word receive. All right? Think of it like this. Um, years ago, uh, my family went up to, uh, to Chattanooga, Tennessee. We just spent a few days there, went to Lookout Mountain. What's the name of the falls? Ruby Falls. All right, we did all, you know, we did all that. And so, you know, you're on your trip and you're looking for good places to eat. All right? And, you know, I didn't care so much about the Ruby Falls, the Lookout Mountain. I, you know, I was, I was more interested in the good places to eat, all right? And so, you know, you're looking up these places to eat, and, you know, you're reading the reviews. And uh, one of the places that, that got high reviews was this place called Larry's in Trenton, Georgia, all right? And so we went, showed up. It, it's a buffet. And so you walk in, all right, and, the, and you're greeted by Larry. All right, the owner of the restaurant. And he takes a few minutes to, hey, you know, welcome to my restaurant. You know, y'all look like y'all are out-of-towners. Where are you from? And, you know, we told him we were from Bogalusa, Louisiana. And, you know, he got to telling us about all the food on the buffet. Everything was, was homemade. Nothing came out of a can. None of the vegetables came out of They were all homegrown. He peeled his own potatoes. I mean, you know, he went on and on. And, you know, you just, I'll be honest, I've never felt more welcome at a restaurant. And uh, I think uh, Mr. Dub Watts, when he went, I think Larry sat down with y'all for a little while. <laughs> you know, he sat down, had a con You know, I've never felt more welcomed at a restaurant. That's the idea behind this word receive, all right? The, the idea here is that we've got to welcome Jesus into our hearts. We've got to receive Jesus into our hearts, all right? And there, there were people in, in Jesus' day that received him. There were people in Jesus' day that welcomed uh, him into their hearts. How do we receive Jesus? Well, this verse tells us, and uh, I'm going to put up the English Standard Version up on the wall of John 1.12. I, I like the order that uh, the English Standard puts it in. But to all who did receive him, how do we receive him? 
who believe in His name. We receive Jesus by believing in His name. Now you may be wondering, why His name? Why the name of Jesus? Well, look at what the Bible teaches. Let's put some verses up on the wall. Acts 4.10. All right? And this is a verse about Jesus. All right? And let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. And then skip down to verse number 12. Now, verse number 10, all about Jesus. Then we're going to look at Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Why do we believe in the name of Jesus? That is the only name that can bring salvation. John 14, 6, look at this verse, we'll put it up on the wall. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alright, so to receive Jesus, alright, we've got to believe in Him. We've got to believe in His name, that He died on the cross to save us from our sins. And, and look, I want to just ask you this morning, have you received Jesus into your life? Have you welcomed Jesus into your heart? Have you believed in the name of Jesus? You see, Jesus being revealed as the Lagos, the light, the lamb, it demands a response. There's a choice that has to be made. Have you received Jesus? Have you welcomed him into your heart? Look at number three. Real quick. Emmanuel rejected. All right, look at point number three. Emmanuel rejected. Rejected. Right, uh, look at verses 9 through 11. Right. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And in verse 11, you might want to underline that phrase, did not receive him. All right, think of that phrase like this. Remember a second ago, I told you about Larry's, you know, that never felt so welcome at a restaurant. You know, you got to talk to Larry himself. He told you all about the food on the buffet. He welcomed you. Years ago, when my little girl, Olivia, was, I don't know, she couldn't have been more than a year, a year and a half old, uh, my parents uh, show up at our house one Saturday. They planned on coming, and so they get there. And I, I still remember this, all right? My parents walk in, and like Olivia, she turns the corner, and she sees them, and she just starts crying. She just starts crying. She did not want them there, all right? They were her grandparents. But she did not want them there. She wanted them gone. All right? 
she just she saw him and she just let out crying. Right? That's the idea in verse number eleven with this phrase: "They did not receive him." Right? Because some people in Jesus' day they received him, but there were others who rejected Jesus. And look, there's still people today. Still people today who reject Jesus. And I want to ask you, are you one of them? Have you rejected Jesus? Are you one of them out there? You have not received him. You have not welcomed him into your heart. You see, Jesus being revealed as, as the lamb, the light, the logos, it demands a response. There's a choice that must be made. What are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with Jesus? Um, to Alexandria, I saw this last weekend. I can't remember if I, we were, if I was driving to Starkville or to Alexandria. I saw this billboard. It caught my eye. And the, the billboard read, heaven or hell, your choice. Heaven or hell, your choice. See, the most important choice that we make in life, what are we going to do with Jesus? It has eternal implications, heaven or hell. Again, have you received him or have you rejected him? Have you believed in his name or have you denied him? Heaven or hell, it's your I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer uh, and a time of invitation. But uh, I want to ask you, how's God speaking to your heart this morning? Emmanuel, God, came down. He, he heard our cry for help. And he came down. The creator of the universe came down to live on this earth so that our sins could be forgiven. So that, so that we could experience salvation. He's the light that points our way home, the way to heaven. What's your choice? What's your choice? Have you accepted Jesus? Have you received him? Welcomed him into your heart? Have you believed that Jesus died on a cross to save you from your sins? Or... Up until this point, have you rejected Jesus? You've never put your faith in Him. You've never received Him into your heart. Maybe today you're sitting out there and, and God is, is dealing with your heart. He's convicting your heart that you need to believe in the name of Jesus. You need to, you need to get saved. And, and I want to encourage you, if that's you this morning, when we stand up and sing... Come down and talk to me. 
about accepting Jesus into your life. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful that, that you came down so that we could have salvation, so that our sins could be forgiven. We're thankful that you came down to bring light to this dark world. And, and Father, it's, it's our choice. What are we going to do with Jesus? Are we going to receive him or are we going to reject him? Are we going to believe or are we going to deny him? And, and Father, I, I firmly believe that you're dealing with people's hearts today about, it, about, about accepting Jesus as Savior of their life. And Father, for those that you're dealing with, I pray they won't walk out of here without welcoming you into their heart and lives. Father, we give this invitation to you and we ask that you move how you want to move. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you. been a great morning of worship. Uh, don't forget uh, deacons, uh, deacons meeting at four today, our regular Sunday night activities at five. Uh, don't forget about Wednesday night activities this week. Also, uh, remember we're participating in the Christmas on Austin Street. It's an event geared for kids in, in the area. Uh, and if we're looking for volunteers to help run the cakewalk from work an hour from six to nine. Also, uh, bring uh, desserts or Christmas candies up here uh, this week for the cakewalk, all right? And uh, that's all the announcements I can think of. So it's thankful that Miss Jackie uh, led the music today in George's absence. And uh, Miss Jackie's going to close our service in song. I was the 